0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: to research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and joining me today is Tanisha Watson for a discussion about a roof, a railroad, a river, mapping miles from the antebellum south to freedom. Fearlessness and the clever escape from enslavement taken by Miles Easton, the three times great-grandfather of Tanisha Watson, used the Civil War as a ruse for escape, inevitably breaking the color barriers of the coal mining boom of Philadelphia. Tanisha is the content creator and microblogger behind Ancestral Bequests which is an inclusive community that is dedicated to genealogical exchange and education. Penned by her peers as the rebel genealogist, she is driven to tell compelling stories of the lives of her ancestors beyond the databases they often confine to. Now, through her research, she has been able to trace back to the 1790s, making connections to her ancestors from Norfolk, Virginia, to Gatesville, North Carolina. So let me just give a warm welcome to Tanisha Lashawn Watson to the show. Welcome,
0: Tanisha. Thank you so much, Bernie. I'm so honored to be here today.
1: It's an honor to have you for the first show in 2021. So, you are the inaugural show. So, let's begin. Okay. Okay, So, let's begin with Miles Eason's upbringing. Tell us about your three times
0: great grandfather. So, um, one of the things that's interesting about Miles is that um, I didn't I wasn't able to find anyone else except for him first. So in searching for who my, great, my, my grandfather was, Benjamin Harrison Eason, my mother's father, I would, you know, search his name, search his information, search his military history, and nothing would come up for him. I would then search his father's name, William Hillary Eason, same thing. Search his name, search his military history, nothing. I didn't go to Wesley Cornelius Cornelius Ethan same scenario I didn't find anything it was not until I you know put in Miles' name Miles Ethan Civil War um, Gates and everything for everyone else came up and this is through uh, ancestry family search Um, it's it's a compelling story to me and I chose him to introduce first because his story to me was the loudest, right? Miles is my Harriet Tubman. Um, coming oh, up in okay. Grade school, yeah, coming up in grade school, he, one of the main things that kids would be asked, oh, do you have any family members that came through the Underground Railroad? You know, and I would, was one of the kids that would say no. I, You know, I didn't know. That was not something that was taught to me. That was not anything that was passed down to me. And I found out that he is the closest thing to a Harriet Tubman for me and my family. Um, It's a running joke and I give him his nickname. I call him Miles I'm Out Ethan because that's, that's the energy of what it was for him Um, in terms of leaving the South and escaping slavery. He had had enough, right? So his upbringing, Miles' upbringing is that of someone who was not purchased into slavery there was no bill of sale for him he was more so born into it his his dad miles easton i'll designate him as the father and his mother Catherine reed were already enslaved by the reed family um william reed he did not have any slaves either. All of the enslaved ancestors that, that I had that lived on his plantation were inherited to him as well by his father. Um, the only, So let me take you back for a minute because I, I
1: want to follow where you're going. Okay, so where was Miles from?
0: Miles was born and raised in Gates, which is a county. Hunter's Mill is the township. And Sunbury is a city. So he was born and raised there. His birth year is 1834. I don't have a a month or a day. Um, But, yes, Gates is where he was from.
1: Okay. So you mentioned that he and his wife were born into slavery. Yes. Okay. So Uh, do you know who his parents are?
0: My third great-grandfather, Miles. Oh, okay. Yeah, it has that that naming pattern thing going on Mm with them. Miles's father was born in 1803. His mother was born in 1804. Um, Mm -hmm. Catherine was a, she was enslaved by the Reed family, but she was not purchased. She was inherited. So she was born into slavery as well. Her mother, Kate, I did find a bill of sale for her as well uh, within the read papers. What's interesting about Miles, Easton, Miles Easton's father is that <laughs> him being a slave that was owned by the the Easton's were a major slaver family in um, Periclemans County. Um, a lot of people purchased slaves from them. The Easton slaves were huge in Gates. If you look at any of the census from 1870 on up to 1880, you see droves and droves of Easton. Many of them, you know, moved out of Gates, and many of them changed their name um, from Easton. What's interesting about my three-time great-grandfather is that he was also, once William Reed died, was going to be inherited to to William Reed's son, William L. Reed. At that particular time, about 1858, when William Reed passed, the the Reed family was not a, a huge enslaving family through William Reed, but it was becoming a huge um enslavement family through William L. Reed, his son. And you can kind of look within the record and see that although that they were enslaved, they were trusted by this Reed family. You you can tell that in reading countless um Southern Claims Commission interviews and audits. Um, William and Miles um Miles w- William would always solicit Miles as a witness, Miles and Catherine.
1: Um,
0: but my three times great grandfather, Miles Easton, was sorta of not for that. Like <laughs> and I say that because by the time William Reed passed and he was distributing his inventory, his property to his children, unfortunately my ancestors was, was, were a part of that property. Um, Miles Easton Henry Easton Catherine Easton Felicia Ari Easton were all going to be inherited to this William L. Reed um, but luckily the Civil War came about for Miles and even though at that particular time his wife who is Renna Easton Miles Easton's wife was becoming um, on a road to becoming a very successful woman. She ended up becoming a, a tobacco farmer. She had her own farm, she had her own property. But that still was not enough to keep Miles in Gates because he knew that once he became the property of William L. Reed, he could be resold and separated from his family. Now let me ask
1: you a question about his wife. Was his wife a free person of color, or was she also enslaved? She was also enslaved. <laughs> but she but was, she was on sleep. the way to becoming a successful tobacco
0: farmer. Yes, yes. Um, one of the things that makes everything about Miles interesting is the timing of everything that took place when he left. You know his his original enslaver, which is his grandfather. <laughs> um, that's another story for another day. Uh, he him passing was the catalyst for Miles and Harry Henry to say, "We got to get out of here because if we don't leave, they're going to either separate us from our families. They're they're all pretty much married by now, the the women and the men, and." I'm of the mindset of them saying, what's easier for us to do, leave on our own accord or have them separate us and create abandonment issues within the family dynamic, which is a component of being enslaved. You get separated from your, your family. You get sold. You know, you get sent to another location. Um, what ended up happening for Miles was the Civil War right he had, he had put it out there that he was going to go fight in the war he was going to be on the union side um <laughs> United States College Troops is the the regiment that um Miles was indicative to in the records right okay and now what record are you speaking of I'm speaking of all of the documentation that would have Miles Easton, Miles Easton's name on it, indicating that he was a Civil War veteran.
1: Okay, and what would and that then, documentation? What What is the specific documentation?
0: The specific documentation is his certificate of service. Okay. And the affidavit that are on file for okay. for the Civil War um, widow's pension. Okay. Um, so he uses the Civil War as his reason to leave. What ended up happening was he didn't he didn't fight in the Civil War. Someone fought, fought in the Civil War under Miles Eason, but it was not my three times great grandfather. Um what's interesting is the only way that truth was able to come out was because Miles returns back to Gates after he left, 20 years after he left, right? This is 20 years after the Civil War. He returns back to Gates like a ghost. And everyone is like, what are you doing here? We thought you died in battle. And it was at that time, let's see, 1861, 1881, he he comes back to Gates with a new family, with a new wife, with a new life, returning for a funeral. And it's Rena's responsibility now because for 20 years she collected a pension for a man who she thought was her husband that was not. So I can
1: imagine what that pension record looked like. So you're saying that – there's a case of mistaken identity, or he chose to uh, allow this lie to occur—that he was the soldier when he knew it wasn't him. Help, help us understand what's going on here
0: within the um, record for the Civil War. Widow's pension for Miles Easton. There is a probably 100 page dossier of Renna explaining why she had to report that the husband that she thought was dead, that died in battle in the Civil War, was not her husband, right? Mm-hmm. The logistics of it is, and Renna, who is Miles's wife, his first wife actually. Um, she she's telling the story. She's telling the Civil War pensions examiner. I need to return this last check because my husband is not dead, and I've been collecting on this pension for a man that was not my husband. Right? Mm-hmm. You, you you think that there was there was no way for anyone to check who a a a veteran that died in battle? It, you couldn't check the identity. You went by name.
1: Right, mm-hmm. There's
0: a whole process for claiming this. There's a whole process for claiming who your loved one is when they die in battle, when, when they reach out to you and tell you that. And she's explaining in this document how there were three Miles Easton in Gates, Hunter's Mill at the time. Miles' his father, Miles Easton the father, Miles Easton the son, and another Miles Easton who they – are of no relation to Miles Easton and Miles easton son. What Renner is explaining in this document corroborates with a lot of the things that I found in terms of the Easton enslavers in, in Perquimans County. They were huge. They were huge enslavers. I'll put put you in the mind of I don't know if you're, you're familiar with Nika Tool S- 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 Smith's um, case study on the Trash 250.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. The
0: Easton put you in that mindset. That's how big they were,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: And so because Renna didn't want to be held accountable for collecting on a pension that was not her husband, she had to explain how this case of mistaken identity came about. When I tell you, Bernice, this was a jackpot document for me to get my hands on because it's giving dates, it's giving time, it's giving – um intimate details about Miles that everyone thought, okay, well, he's going to go fight in a civil war. He's going to, you know, valiantly come back home, and that's not how it worked out, right? He, Miles, instead of actually going to the civil war, he links with this Caucasian man, European man at the time, who hires him to become a laborer for him, right? And they book, they leave gates. <laughs> um, they leave the gates, and Miles' family is left to deal with the fact that once the Civil War is over, he's dead. That's that's just a fact. Or they're mm-hmm. thinking that until he returns in eighteen in, in eighty-one. Um, if it had not been for Rena reporting to the Civil War pensions the widow pension that she could no longer accept the payment from the pension the truth of who my three times great grandfather was as a Civil War veteran and and the young man that died he didn't even last a year he went in and he was killed immediately so in correcting that disparity between the records, it's important because you don't want to build on falsehood when you're talking about your ancestors. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one of the things that supported, one of the documents that supported this um, finding for me, I... Was reading um, Shelley Murphy's blog one night and I was stumped. I'm like, how am I gonna prove that this Miles is not this Miles and there are two different Mileses? And Dr. Shelley Murphy has on her blog. She says just Google it, right? So I go and I Google Miles Easton Civil War veteran, United States Colored Troop Regiment 37. Everything that I can find on this, what pops up? A book by Virginia Roxon, called Freedom's Promise, corroborating every single thing that Renna Easton has said about Miles. It was a case of mistaken identity. And no, he did not lie. Well, he kind of did lie because he said he was going somewhere and didn't go. That's why I call him I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's funny because you know, you you don't think when you start this work as a genealogist that you're going to come up on such a document that's such a goldmine. Right. And I say that because I was ready to refute this author that published this work. No, he didn't. He didn't go to Washington, D.C. He he ended up in Philly. You know, he was in Bollastonwood. This is not where he went. Well, I was wrong. I right? I had to not bottleneck bottle my research by taking into account what was being said by my ancestor through a document that was written way before my time, right? The Civil War pension documentation affidavit, the whole application packet where Renna is explaining how huge the Easton enslaver family were and how big the community of slaves they had after the emancipation, flooding the Gates community was, and how easy it was for a case of mistaken identity to come about. A funny a funny part about this, after this whole truth came out with Miles not being a Civil War veteran, my Eastern family started incessantly using middle names. <laughs> so we see uh, Renna and Miles, they have children. So Wesley, Cornelius, Eason, the middle names are needed because we need to differentiate who from who because we don't want any more mishaps with any more military personnel or anything that in that regard where mistaken identity can come about. Now, this is not a famous family for me. Could you imagine how many instances of mistaken identity like this there are out there? Oh, absolutely. I can
1: just imagine and just think, I mean, did you know, at the time that you requested the pension record, did you think you were actually requesting your three times great-grandfather's record?
0: I, had, I was hoping that I was requesting his record. I didn't have any uh-huh. issue getting it, but I was hoping that it was his, uh-huh. but I'm kind of glad that it wasn't him. Reason being, Miles is my rebellious ancestor and that <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say this in regard to um, the Eastern men always being military men from, from the Revolutionary War to present day. They they've all been military men and they pride themselves on even my grandfather was served his military time. But Miles was like, not me. I'm not doing it. I'm not fighting for a country that would enslave me. I'm not fighting for a country that would say, I'm um, less than a man. I'm not fighting for a country that would rip me from the arms of my family members and my children. He he wasn't doing it. And I I can't say that that was his original thought, but I applaud him for finding an out, right? Because what would have become of him if he had stayed engaged, right? He was already going to be inherited to someone who was notorious for being abusive and aggressive towards their slaves even though William L. Reed's father was not that way with with them. Right? But just just in your mind think of this. You have this gentleman who is <laughs> essentially a brother or a cousin to you that you're inheriting inheriting as a as a as a new slave to you. And Miles's mind and in Henry's mind his brother, we don't want to do that. We don't want to be that. So when they got the opportunity to disassociate from the Easton family and disassociate completely from slavery, the first thing they did was change their, their name, their last name. So they went from being Easton to Easton, so E-A-S-T-O-N. O N. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing that Miles did to say that I want to completely disassociate my family from enslavement. The second thing he did was leave. I believe that when he, he left Jake to go to D.C., he had intentions on returning to get his family and, and get them free. But the emancipation came. You know, Rena is this powerhouse woman who is business savvy, business-minded, entrepreneur even at that time and I think that when Miles returned in 1881 him having a mindset and a communication to stay in contact with his brother this is how they exchange information the both of the brothers of what's going on at home who passed away you know who's on the rise who's doing well after the emancipation and I honor Miles for not disrupting Renner's life. And I say that because she died seemingly wealthy. She died with property that she could inherit to her children, the children that she had with, with Miles. She died distributing land, land that's still in gates, still intact. She died having set a wrong right.
1: Mm-hmm. Nine times
0: out of 10, you know, when you when you make an impulsive decision and you are, I don't want to say selfish, but you're thinking of only yourself, you're not thinking of the aftermath. Miles wasn't thinking of the aftermath of leaving Gates, escaping slavery. He was not thinking of his family when he left. He just knew that in order for me to survive this and be a thriving whoever, somebody. I have to make this this decision for my family. They might not understand it in the moment, but when I come back, they'll understand. Well, that's the main part of why I call him my Harriet Tubman. Because if you 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 know the story of Harriet Tubman, the same type of situation happened to her. You know, she got free. She went back for her family, and her husband was like, "Nah, I got me a new wife," <laughs> and. Miles kind of sort of sort of did the same thing, but so his, his at what point?
1: Wife. Yes, after Miles' return, at what point did Miles uh, head to Philadelphia?
0: Miles meets his second wife, um, Abby Bannister. Um, it was kind of elusive to find him in. Washington, D.C., because, all right, in his mindset, he's still a runaway slave, even after the emancipation, right? Mm-hmm. He he escaped, point blank. And he's not on any censuses. <laughs> he's still elusively hiding, which, you know, is, is, is expected. And he meets his new wife in, in Washington, D.C. Washington is the state that he gets his voter registration. Washington is the state where he establishes himself as a um, Woodstock laborer, um, carpenter. Um, and after some years being with Abby, they have a son, voter, Bannister, sometimes depicted in records, censuses, and work schedules as noter, Bannister. Um, leaving Washington I believe, was another opportunity for Miles to grow and going into Philadelphia to become a coal miner. Um, He established himself as a coal mining laborer in a time where um, lots of uprising was taking place in the coal mining industry. Um, There was a big immigration boom where men and women were coming from all over the place to find coal mining jobs. And in the history of coal mining, African Americans were there but they were not welcome. Still similar to slavery. We want your work but we don't want you. We want your labor, but we don't want you. Um but for let's see, eighteen eighty eight to about nineteen oh six, Miles established himself as a coal mining laborer, working hard. Now be reminded that by nineteen nineteen oh six this man is seventy three years old. And he's still coal mining. The hard work, the hard labor was is it, ingrained in him. And what's interesting about Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., and why I try to make it make a connection to the Underground Railroad is that he lived within the community of everyone that came through the Underground Railroad. Um, in Philadelphia, he lived about 10 minutes from Williamsville, that whole um, underground railroad community for African newly escaped, newly free African-Americans that um, got away from the South and got away from their enslavers successfully. Not everyone was able to do that. And he established a life for himself and his family in two different states where he would not have been able to do that. For me about Miles, And why I decided to, you know, come out the gate with him first is that he has no, he only has one piece of direct um, documentation that says he is who he is. And unfortunately, that's his death certificate. Um, Everything else does not fall in line. So when he, while Miles is establishing a life in Washington, D.C., he's not, Miles Easton. He's Miles Easton. He had to change his birthday. He had to change his name. He had to change how he moved. He had to change everything about himself. So even his voter registration in Washington, D.C., I don't take up as a direct piece of um, documentation to support who he is because his birthday is inaccurate. It says he was born in 19... Fifty one. That's a falsehood. He was born in, in nineteen. 18. Or you mean eighteen? Nine Uh fifty one. Mm-hmm. His original birth date was eighteen thirty because uh, Rena is a year older than him. Um, his wife was a year older than him, and that I can that can be proven with their uh, marriage certificate. Um, his story is compelling to me because. He he was not meant to live as long as he lived, right? He knew that in his mind, and that's why he took the route out that he did. Um, I felt it my responsibility to tell his story first, just because of his death certificate, which shook me so much to the point where I had, like, a medical exam and a friend of mine tell me okay Tanisha yeah this is how he died no one killed him he was not lynched it was a freak accident right Mm -hmm. so depicted on his death certificate is saying um, accident suffocated asphyxiated and coal then collapsed right oh wow 40 tons of coal fell on him and that shook me like i literally had to i took a couple months off to just sit with that for a while because i'm like i couldn't i couldn't imagine being a hard worker a regular day at work and at 4:34 p.m. a coal bin latch giving way and it falls on you no one can help you who's digging out 40 tons of coal uh-huh. who h- how's anyone going to help you Get out of this! And now in my mind, I'm like, oh, somebody wanted his job, and they, you know, they flipped the latch. I can't prove that, but that's a, a storyline that, you know, hangs in the balance of mine. What? I wasn't satisfied with what the death certificate was saying, so I searched for, um, any newspaper articles that would corroborate what was being depicted on his death certificate, and I looked up on it. I looked up on the news. Uh, article that was written about his death, February fifth, nineteen o six, where he was buried, how he died, freak accident, <laughs> African uh, Negro man, elderly Negro man dies in colbin accident, suffocated, asphyxiated. So I'm, I'm I'm talking to this medical examiner friend, and I'm like, how could that happen? She was she was basically telling me. Asphyxiation and suffocation—what what the two dynamics are—and mm-hmm. I had to sit with that. So he, you, you, when you go through asphyxiation, you're still trying to breathe, you're still trying to function, and all of your vital systems completely slowly break down. And for Miles to be able to leave a family, start a new family, cultivate a, a – a coal mining was a profession at that time. You know, I haven't found any documents to say that he was in the union, but he had to be some sort of unionized worker to still be working in 1906 at that time, right? Um, Henderson coal mine at the time would have had documentation of who he was, how long he worked there, You know where he lived, but unfortunately, in 1956, they suffered a fire, and all of their documentation was destroyed. Um, But the death certificate gives me everything that I need to know about Miles, and this is how I know who he is within the databases. It tells me that Miles Eason is his father. It tells me that Catherine Eason, formerly Reed, is his mother. It tells me that. They lived at 3435 Reed Street, which was the Reed plantation in Gate. It tells me where he lived, a community that was formerly a um, coal mining industry along the Scullyville River, which is now a residential area. You can't even, like, none of the infrastructure that was there in 1906 is there now. Um, He and so what I'm it.
1: hearing you say, though, I, you know, I've listened to you kind of take this through his, his uh, timeline, is that you found him in 1834, at least that's when he was born, and he died in 1906. And between that period of time, he, he ran off into the, the Civil War, but he was also uh, enslaved on the reed plantation. Uh, you found documentation to say that his family was going to be uh, broken apart. And so he made the decision that he would run away, and he ran away with a white man to go somewhere else. Well, there was another man by the name of Miles Eason, and that man was in the Civil War, and he passed away basically shortly after he joined the Civil War. But his wife didn't realize that this was not her husband. What she knew was that he ran away. And so she then applied for a pension, and she received this pension. But by 1881, he returned. And when he returned, she made the decision to come, just go straight forward and tell people this, is not, this was not my husband. I'm returning his check. And from there, he, he made it to Washington, D.C., and then to Philadelphia. He got another family because she didn't want to be with him. She became a successful tobacco farmer, and I guess the rest is history. He passed away, a very tragic death in 1906. How long did it take you to put all of this together? (laughs) Six months. (laughs) And during six months.
0: I'm new to genealogy. I, you know, I've been doing a lot of this work privately and reading his story and all the linkages that I was able to make for him is what made me come out from behind, you know, to, to put his story out there. I didn't uh-huh. jump into genealogy. I was studying trauma in my family my My first pedigree um chart was to map trauma, not lineage and I'm like, I gotta tell this man's story you know i gotta I have to do something to honor him. I'll be running a um newspaper article to rewrite his obituary. Um, it's going to be the 155th anniversary of his passing um, Uh in February, so I'll be running that to honor him. So that anyone that comes behind me inquiring about the Ethan online, they will find him in documentation properly telling who he is. Okay. So
1: we're getting close to the end of the show, and I want you to share with us any closing remarks you feel would help others that are going through a similar journey?
0: Um, one of the main things I would like to say is I only find one piece of documentation for your ancestors. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, work that piece of documentation. I was not, I just found my death certificate, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, what else can I get that would say that he is he? Well, there was nothing. There was no document document that was just solely his. Everybody, any other document that had Miles Miles Easton's name on it was someone else's. Um, Inventory report, um, widow's pension, which wasn't even really him. His death certificate was invaluable to me because it gave me his address. It gave me where his parents lived. For, For beginners and for some older people, that, you know, might get complacent in their research, don't dismiss one document, suss it out, do a so what session um, that Dr. Shelly Murphy advises. And look at the document with a different set of eyes. Ask someone else, do they see the same thing that you see? Because nine times mm-hmm. out of 10, you're missing something. Mm-hmm. And if you are, if you're, I am the only person in my family at this time that cares about this work, that's okay. If you're the only person in your family that wants to, you know, start family lineage research, that's cool. There's community out here for you to do it. There's support systems. There's, you know, associations and groups. Get into it. Because someone has to rewrite the legacy of your family, and it should not be anyone outside of your family. It should be you.
1: Okay, so you're telling people tell your own story. Yes, you have to. It's your you place. have to, yes. Well, Tanisha, I want to thank you for joining me today and sharing this very interesting story about Miles Ethan. And for everyone else, remember your ancestors' left footprints. Therefore, you should follow the clues that they provide you through, let's say, this death certificate that Tanisha found Uh, research at the National Archives, she went through pension files, she looked at probate records. I mean, there's so many footprints. But don't give up, right, Tanisha?
0: You better not. Keep
1: looking. Take that document and say, so what? And you may find all of the clues that you're looking for. So thank you, everyone, for joining me today. And I look forward To all of you joining me next week. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett. Thank
0: you, Tanisha. Thank you, Bernice.